0: Yes, sir. It is I, the one and only Mark us. and this is Boom or Bust. Today, we're blessed to have another welcome. great guest. My guy, I've been trying to link up with my guy for a long time now. A lot of great work, a lot of great work, man. So, I'd like to introduce you to Kenny Grits, Kenny G, Grits Blitz, however, you like to introduce yourself. <laughs>
1: Hey, they, it, they all work man hey i'm happy to be here you're right we've been trying to do this for a while and i'm i'm happy we finally made it work man happy to be on here happy to be talking ball real happy to be talking this running back class because man we got we got a
0: lot of content to cover well, That is kind of understating it. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean before we jump into everything i like to speak with my guests to see exactly how they got into the whole mode of scouting and everything. I mean, of course, as you know, you've seen the piece I released not too long ago where I basically entail where my love for the game came from, what made my intrigue rise in terms of wanting to become a scout. And basically my lessons, my losses all throughout, I mean, I ain't afraid I know some people they they think it's so bad to get caught up and get some of their old takes pulled up. Like you said this about this guy and you said that. I mean, me personally, it's, it's all a part of the game, man. You, you're not gonna be 100. You're not gonna bat 100 in this field. It's almost impossible. You'll be lucky if you can get to 30, but that's okay, cause it's it's fun to do, man. I just love watching ball seeing guy like how guys are like utilized across teams from how they different differentiate schematically versus the talent gap versus for, for so forth and so on so how would you feel man how did you get into this real yeah thing. man well I mean
1: kind of similar to you said just the, the possibilities trying to fit these puzzle pieces like and, and make the perfect fit it's it's always been a lot of fun to me so I real I Ever since I've been watching ball, I've been kind of obsessed with the NFL draft as well because you get this dead period after the Super Bowl where you're pretty much waiting for the next season to start. So as a kid, I would just, oh, who's this team going to get? Who are we going to get here and everything? And it kind of just like slowly evolved from there. Like I remember back in the day, I would do fake mock drafts with my buddies. I would watch the YouTube video highlights to find out who a player was and all that stuff. And then, you know as i grew older i started to take it a little more seriously and then you know two years ago i said to myself kenny you're spending all of this time looking up these guys and you know writing scouting reports for yourself and everything like let's buckle down take it a little more seriously and make it an actual hobby so i did that you know i start i took it more seriously i started really grinding all 22 off and i started watching videos learning more not just about football but these college programs these player fits schematic fits and everything just with the sole intent of becoming better at scouting and striving for that 30% mark that you were talking about earlier. So it's just something that I've always enjoyed doing. I have a lot of fun with it, and, you know, it's, um, it's always enjoyable for me to look back at the, um, the results you came up with regarding a player and kind of compare them to where they're at now. So it's just a process I fully enjoy and kind of thrown myself into the last couple of years.
0: Definitely, man. And I must say, you know, like me personally, that it's the most frustrating part, but it's also the, the best part of the job where, okay, I missed and you think back to classes years back. Like I know one situation that I think about it with a lot with this this year's class. I mean, I know kind of getting off topic, but I think where I missed that with Justin Jefferson, like where where were my views? And I take a lot of that when I watch Jackson Smith for and a lot of it is where well, you operated mostly from the slot. So what what do I take from that? Especially given the situation that you, in the offenses you played in, and the difference in sp- the spacing on the fields between the college and the NFL level, like it it was almost tailor made for you to use your abilities. But in the same breath, I mean, you also got to be able to determine like, okay, so this receiver knows how to manipulate space to his advantage, whether it's the larger, big, while you have more field to work with at the college mark, you, this is basically the the blueprint. He's showing you the blueprint. And honestly, that's all you can ask for as a scout is do can you do it? Can, can you, can you, have you shown you can do it at some point? It may not have been perfect. It may be something we had to work with, but I mean, I guess that's why the, this this podcast got its name, Boom or Bust. Because I mean, as I, I'm probably gonna say this in every single episode I have, I'm widely known that there are some people who are traits over tapes, guys. That's that's not me. I cannot mm-hmm. get myself to to be that kind of guy. I I understand. Like I understand when you watch some, certain guys and you see. The success that certain players have at the league, how they deal with their skill set is all that. Like you see a path for successful player. But I just can't, for the love of me, understand why it's so hard to just not draft good football players. Like yeah. overthinking it sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. It's overthinking season for sure. And yeah, you did drop that traits over tape line. You dropped last episode too. I think I heard it another time before. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you though, man. Like The traits are surely important, and I know you're not saying they're not, and nobody else is. But when it comes down to it, can you go out there and can you play football? Because I feel like many uh, many players that have busted out, especially those guys that get picked high, those first round picks, where they show, you know, they're they're drafted based solely on traits, and you know, I feel like you're really rolling the dice betting on just traits and not whether a guy can go out there and perform.
0: Yeah, man i mean but then again it's it's a it's a weird side to it because i sit here and say you draft good football players but i also say a lot i try to look at these type of situations like a general manager or or aspect and i'd be lying to you if i told you that positional value isn't something that i hold very near and dear to my heart Mm -hmm. And I hate the fact that the running back position is at where it's at right now, because, I mean, I just think back again to me last year, where another position, the safety position where I had Kyle Hamilton as my number one player on my board. And I pounded the table and said I was okay with that because he was, in my opinion, the best football player in that class. Mm -hmm. now here I am 365 days later. And I, I, as we stand right now, I believe B.J. Robson would be a top three player on my board. But can I really pound the table and say that a team should select him in the top 10, let alone the top 15? That's Like, I wouldn't complain if somebody did because he's just that talented. But, ooh, what a terrible allocation of resources.
1: It's tough, man. It's tough. I mean, <laughs> I'm with you. Positional value is real, and, you know, your Eagles have done a really good job of building a team based on their beliefs and positional value. Whereas my team, the Atlanta Falcons have kind of thrown that out the window. Uh, (laughs) So we'll we'll see, we'll see how it goes with them. But yeah, I mean, Bijan in the top 10, it's hard for me to get behind because that production is just replaceable. You know, it's, you can, you can install a system where you can find production from, running backs that you can get in the late round. And if anything, I think there's a logjam of talent at the running back position in the league. I mean, look at Kyle Shanahan. What what he does year in and year out. He got McCaffrey now, of course, but I mean, that system has shown that you can find guys later in the rounds like an Eli Mitchell or someone like that, and you can have them come in and produce for you. So yeah, I mean, as you said, it's hard to to form a solid argument for allocating high-end resources into the running back position when history has shown us that, one, it's not necessary, and, two, the teams that have in the past, 95% of them probably regret it. I think that Todd Gurley, looking back on first-round running backs, is probably the one guy that you can make an argument for was the right pick at the time. And even then, his career, you know, it came to an end early due to injuries because that position is often injured as well. So
0: It's it's like – and, I mean, I guess – like I said a second ago, try a few things as a general manager from these perspectives. It's all about your views, I and mean, you could always be less need and say, "F them picks, <laughs> and go all in." And it's if, if you ask less need, it, it was worth it. When they played in multiple super bowls, won one. Like it, it was worth it going all in, and that allocation of resources okay to him. I personally think the most controversial one would be Dallas. If you ask me, I feel like just Eagles fandom aside, streak of terrible <laughs> luck, streak of terrible luck. Because I mean, they had the perfect roster construction. I did. That was another one of the situations where I understood the pick. I understood why you would want to do that pick. Could you have done something different, especially with? Jalen Ramsey and all the other guys that were on the board at the time, yeah, probably, and you probably be in a much better position now. Mm-hmm. But uh, based, on, they they swung, and I mean, they swung and missed. But it's not a hundred percent chance that when you swing, that you're going to hit. Like there's a lot of Eagles Twitter who, maybe not so much now since the Rashad Penny signing, but they believe that the team should have got on knowing how he rolls he's probably not going to do that but it's it's a thought to be had because that roster at least offensively there's probably some holes defensively that you can fill in with, with two first round picks you kind of got some working room mm-hmm. but that, that roster is almost ready made for a running back and that's the only way you can select a running back see it's weird because there. are only a select few times where teams are going to be in this position like the Eagles coming off a Super Bowl appearance. Your, offensively, your roster construction is almost perfect. I mean, anything, anything can happen. But, I mean, you got a top 10 selection to select an almost generational running back, which where the running back should be selected to a team that needs a running back, that can play running back effectively at that moment. But, Most times, the teams that have the top picks are bad teams. And you can't use those picks from one and back. So, I mean, there's an argument to be made there at the same time. Again, I would for it It just won't
1: work out. It's certainly interesting. And you guys are in a real, like, you're in a strong position where if somebody was going to do it, you can make an argument that it would work out. But that's not really in Howie's DNA, is it? It'd probably be, it would, Would it be a major, major upset if he if he pulled that trigger?
0: It would probably if I had to put a number on it, it's probably like one in a million as we speak. (laughs) We got a better chance, and I don't think how we do this either, but we got a better chance of seeing the Eagles go brand branch at 10 than we do B. John Robinson. Okay. But I mean, it's hard. It's hard to not like B. John, man. Like Oh yeah, (laughs) for sure. Probably the best running back. Prospect, I've seen since Adrian Peterson. I mean, there have been a couple of guys. This guy, I mean, he's how I put it on my scouting report. He's almost like a football prodigy. He was built to do this. His uncle, Paul Robinson, got selected in the third round in '96, I mean, of the '68 NFL draft by the Bengals. His grandfather, Cleo Robinson, was a standout linebacker. I think he finished with first-team all, uh, All-American recognitions in high school for the state of Arizona. So the was just meant to be an NFL player. <laughs> so when you see the success he's having, it's kind of not surprising.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, he's – do we just want to get into breaking down Bijan the talent right now because he's just – he's incredible, man. He, he really yeah. – he really is. You said top three player earlier in the draft. Yeah, he's my third overall. So, I mean, he's he fits everything you want to do. You know, athletically, he's everything you need. The drills at the combine, he looked big and smooth. He looked good catching the ball. I remember he was wearing these big white gloves he had going at the combine, and it was just so pretty watching him go out and snag the football with them things on. And... Um, the tackle breaking and the for the force miss tackle rate is just off the charts. It's like model breaking. It's, it's, it's incredible the way that he's able to avoid, avoid these tacklers and just, you know, and it's not only that, it's some of the small nuance things he does with his game. Like he plays, um, he works off second level defenders, probably as good as I've ever seen any running back prospect do so. Like he loves playing, um, they, say, they call it playing peekaboo with a linebacker, you know, whereas, you know, he's, he's aware of everything going on around him at all times. So as he's running the ball, he's coming up on these blockers and he's squaring up with this linebacker before they even meet in the hole, right? And I, he does it so often where he manipulates them by flashing to one side so that they start to go downhill towards that gap. And when they get there, he's gone because he cut it back right or something like that. And he's just one of the most mature runners of the football that I've ever watched.
0: For sure, man. I mean, how I had it put down is, his feet are sweet as honey. His moves remind me of like a, a Barry Sanders or Sean McCoy, and he may not make it look as pretty as them, because I mean, when you watch those two, it was like grabbing, grasping that air. But when you watch his feet move, it's so pure, it's so smooth. Like, as you say, he sees every, I feel like he sees it develop long before the play happens. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's this this narrative going around about Bryce Young. I don't want to say narrative like it's not true, but how he plays the position like a point guard, I feel like that's the same thing could be said for Bijan at the running back position. I feel like it was like watching Steve Nash and Chris Paul, how they you sit there and watch them like how did you see that? Because it was it was this one play. I think it was against Texas Tech actually. He had a lot of plays against Texas Tech. He terrorized them. Yeah. But where it was the uh, defender crashing off the edge, and he's, the, the play was designed to go the opposite way, and there was no hole there. But the player coming off the edge was basically the read, man. He had slipped, and just the way he had cut back right and then back left again and back up. I think he had juked another defender at the second level and just off to the races kind of thing. He, he, he is un, It's unreal how good he is, honestly. I have never scouted a running back. Well, at least how long yeah. I've been scouting, I've never scouted a running back this
1: year. And then you get into what he can do in the passing game as well. Because what was it? It was against Oklahoma when he was doing all that work in the slot. I'm sorry, I forget the specific game right now. But the fact that you can, I don't think you can play full-time slot receiver. I've seen that go around. I'm like, I might be that might be a little much, but no, he can give you valuable snaps in the slot and he can run. A very strong route tree for a running back in that position. I mean, I think it was just like a, like they had this kind of wheel route from the slot or something like that. And he just, the way that he just eases himself upfield and they had a, a safety on him, I believe, but he just blew by the safety and for a big play. And he, the versa, he checks all the boxes, man. Versatility, able to run the ball. He's just, he's one of one. I I would like to ask you how, how, how do you think he compares to Saquon? Because for me, that's, it's, it's kind of those two. And then, you know, Peterson and that's, those are really probably the top three backs I've watched coming into the draft.
0: I have a higher grade on B. John than I have. Saquon Saquon is a, a lot similar how he executes in the NFL. And I mean, it was one of them you live where he had he had that big stout frame that he plays with, of course, say saquas, as they call them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, he, he was always at six yards, three yards, three yards, negative two yards, 73 yards, where it was a big play waiting to happen. You just had to wait out the big play versus Bijan. John. I feel like yeah. he, at least the run style reminds me, you could say so many people of how he reminds you of just the different aspects of his game. At least me being an Eagles fan, like how he ran the ball, he remind me so much of Gordon Howard. Just go forward. That's all he ever wants to do. And, I mean, yeah, he might be a lot better in terms of his, his how his feet move and ability and all that. But just how he – and when the play is ended, he always making sure he's getting those extra two, three yards at the end of the play to make him count. So and I feel like I didn't see that out of Saquon. It was a lot of chasing a big play.
1: I remember that was a fair criticism of him is you're you're so big, you have these giant quads, but you don't run anyone over. You bounce everything outside. So,
0: yeah, that's fair. But, I mean, speaking of bounce everything outside, i like to think that's a great transition to <laughs> my running back too. Jamar Gibbs. Yes, I'm sir. I want to like Jamari so bad. I wanted to like him for Philadelphia, but I don't. I don't. I don't. I, like him <laughs> I don't like him and what he produces between the tackles. I feel like he'd be, yeah. he'd be much stronger between the tackles. I feel like he just runs in the bodies there, and I mean he's good enough to get a few yards. But he's at his. where, I mean, he can basically get out in space and operate by himself. That is when he's at his best. Yeah, um, Gibbs, he's, um,
1: (laughs) he's such a fun player, man. And he was fun at Georgia Tech as well last year when he was in that offense. And as soon as he entered the transfer portal and Alabama was interested, you could just kind of like salivate at the idea of him as a fit in that offense. But I mean, the pass catching is some of the best we've seen in recent history as well. I mean, he had one drop this year, but he caught that was bad.
0: What was that? It was a concentration drop too. That was yeah, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. he wanted to get. He he was ready to run with that ball. So he bad. sure
1: was. <laughs> but but it's rare to see that from him, right? Usually he does a great job of. You know, focus like focusing on catching the ball and then making a move after and his acceleration is so crazy that that's fine. You know, he doesn't he doesn't need to set up the next move before he has the ball caught. He's fast enough to where he puts his foot in the ground and he's out. He's got he's got a gear that I don't know if anyone else besides for perhaps Devin A. Chain in this class can um can meet. But yeah, he caught over a hundred balls in his three year career and I don't think there are many running backs of that have caught over 100 balls in their career in college football, I think that's that, that's an accomplishment, especially going from, you know, Georgia Tech over to Alabama and playing for two different teams and still being that kind of pass-catching weapon.
0: And see, like, that was the thing about him. I feel like no matter where he was watching the Georgia Tech tape or the Alabama tape, he was a consistent factor, probably mm-hmm. the factor in the passing game when there was offenses. I mean, you probably could make the argument he was the number two when he was at Georgia Tech in terms of the passing game, but still played a massive role at this year Alabama. It kind of felt like he was Bryce's guy. I mean, used yeah. to Alabama having these top tier receivers, not quite this year, but I mean, I think they say he had forty four receptions, second ever uh, Alabama program history for a running back at least. So he he was really good with the ball in his hands. So. One's a very valuable route tree. I see him run that Texas route so many times that he probably doesn't in his sleep. It's so beautiful. <laughs> the way he just
1: – he sinks his hip slope, has his foot in that ground, and then cuts that angle. And, it, I mean, it's he makes it so easy for the quarterback, you know. And that's – if you're having a running back that can catch, catch passes like that, that's exactly what you want. You want them to make the quarterback's job easier.
0: But, I mean, as you say, outside of my A-chain, I do – there probably is no. I mean, I like to make the argument that my guy, Sean Tucker, might be somewhere in the loop, but uh, there, there's, it's it's almost unmatched what he can do. But like, i seen him catch a swing pass. And I think it was Georgia Tech versus, who was the game I watched? It was Georgia Tech versus Virginia. Georgia Tech, Virginia, he a swing pass out the backfield. And oh my goodness, I have never seen somebody speaking so fast. Like, he, Kind of was like a road runner. That's I was gonna thing.
1: say he's got that road runner thing going on. Where those speak it moving, and he's out of
0: there. <laughs> it's, it's it's really amazing to see, man. But I mean, as I said before, I, I question his abilities to run between the tackles on a yeah. different basis. And I mean, that's only gonna be stretched more in the NFL, especially at his size. Didn't he come in at 5'9", 199? Yeah, those sub
1: two hundred pound running backs, history has not been kind to him, but. I think that um as we you know as it becomes more commonplace to find these committees around the NFL I think that'll help a player like him you know where he can let someone else do the dirty work and he can come in and give more of a finesse look
0: mm-hmm. I've seen a comparison somebody gave to him they said the Williams and that's it okay that that's interesting if I mean like this was long before my scouting days but I'm sure if anybody had the chance to see the Williams at Memphis he was a sight to see in space.
1: I think that's, he got, I think he had 2,000 yards at Memphis. DeAngelo yeah. D'Angelo Williams did. Mm-hmm. He was, he was something else. I don't know if I'm in love with that comp, to be honest with you, but yeah, that's, that's a fun one.
0: That, that wasn't my comp. I personally don't have a comp for him. It, it, a lot it's of hard. People, I like Alvin Kamara. I don't,
1: and he don't. looks a lot like Kamara. He looks just like Kamara, except Kamara has 15, 20 pounds on him and insane right. contact balance, you know, but, that's, um, one of, one of one of my peers said um he's kind of like Aaron Jones and I, I i can see that a little bit but i don't think i don't think there is a perfect comp i know the guys at pff um they like uh dalvin cook as a comp for him um, dalvin cook's bigger as well but it's 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 somewhere in that kind of like slashing kind of kind of role
0: you know yeah man so oh. Once you get beyond those two, it's when things start to get a bit.
1: Yeah, those two, the, the, those are consensus one and two, right there for the most part. It seems like. Do you do you do you want my three? I'm curious. I'm curious how what you think of this player. And I I don't feel like it's nothing crazy out there, but. My number three is Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA. We're here. We're here. Let's go. Here. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. He's I fun, mean- man.
0: It took me a while to get there, but once I got there, it, it he's honestly probably the most consistent back outside yeah. of them two in the country. I mean, he what what he offers and and pass protection, and most importantly, that that's where I really love him. And I mean, I'm an Eagles fan. Unlike most Eagles fans, I love Chip Kelly. I will always love Chip Kelly. I always <laughs> love Chip Kelly. So I still tune in there now and then check out my first share of UCLA games and he was probably the most important piece to that. The engine to the offense. Uh, I'm not sure how productive. I feel like he was. He played a massive role in the growth at, of Dorian Thompson-Robinson this year. Um, he brought to the offense. Allowed the team to do it's probably why UCLA was one of the better teams in the country this year coming out of the Pac-10. It He is a very – he's really good watch. I'm trying to figure out why he transferred from Michigan, but I remember he was there early on. Didn't
1: – was – I want to say there was an injury or something he may have lost his job and then transferred out i don't don't I, i'm not 100 percent on that there was a reason he transferred out but it was um it was fun to see him take like that that um that big 10 style of play into the pac-12 you know because he was unlike a lot of other pac-12 running backs you see over in that conference you know big big bruising guy between the tackles driving those legs he was it, it was it was a fun contrast to watch him compared to his his peers in that conference but um the pass protection man like you said that's one of the first things that stands out he there's there's not a lot not a lot of running backs that um not a lot of young college running backs that are as strong in an area as he is and that's something that gets overlooked by a lot of people you know, and then you combine that with his excellent balance, tackle breaking ability. He can catch the ball. He wasn't asked to a whole lot, but he's he has the ability, and he looked very good at the um at the combine as far as the drills go. He was one of the smoothest athletes out there in his movements, and his decisions, and his footwork. He he's despite not being an elite athlete, he has had a strong pre-draft process, and you know he kind of came out as my RB three before we got all this all this um, data on him, and he's he's done enough to stay there.
0: So for a while, most of the season, a lot of the season, honestly, I wanted my RB3 to beat Sean Tucker so bad. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I knew- loved him. I loved him coming into the season. I feel like what he put on tape last year was intriguing. Now, this year, some say he kind of took a step. It didn't look as good as a lot of people thought it would look heading into the season, and I can understand. He he did a lot of dirty work for that Syracuse team, and I mean, he was very successful for a long time at it. He, the thing that stands out to me outside it, again, and the legs—like, so who wants to tackle that for four quarters? First and foremost. But I mean, it always something that always stood out to me was his track background, not only wearing high school, but wearing track when he was on the orange uh, indoor track team. I think it was sophomore season, freshman, sophomore season. So he definitely has that to him. I feel like there's some intriguing, so where he brings it to as a receiver. That's a lot of what we didn't see from him back in 2021. So he has a, a few reps this year, especially it's the one in particular. I can't remember the opponent, but I'm pretty sure it's like a widely known video of him catching the bomb down the field. Mm -hmm. Like what he offers as a running back and a pass catcher pretty intriguing. I feel like he has the, he's the mode of one of those late round Ramondre Stevenson-esque impact players.
1: Okay. I know I will. I do agree with you that um, I thought he was better last year than he was this year for sure. I think last year he had like a thousand yards after contact or something mm-hmm. crazy like that. Like he was really impressive. And you know what's funny is he's what? What's your do you do you have a listed weight on him right in front of you or anything like that? I think I got two o five or something like that, but that doesn't. I think it was a little higher. Two o seven. Okay, five nine two o seven were his official measurements. Sorry yeah. about that. He looks bigger than that to me. I don't know if it's because he's short and well put together, but I was surprised he weighed in that light. Especially because he breaks arm tackles pretty regularly. You know, when I saw two oh seven, I was like, "That's it." I I expected more, which I guess is a good thing because it shows how physical of a north south runner he is.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I, I I do think that there is like he's a guy in this class that there can be a lot of value in picking him late because he's a great <laughs> player and just he's he's um the victim of being in a super deep running back class
0: him as is a lot of the guy, like yeah. honestly, that middle tier, as I said, a second ago, is very strange. It's all about picking your preference type of thing. Like I know, like we had a conversation about, is it worth picking B John in the top 10? I mean, if you ask me, it depends on who or what you're talking about. If you're asking me to pick Bijan in the top 10 or if you're asking me if I have, like, a Tajay Spears or mm-hmm. Devon A-Chain or so, and let's say day two, late day two, I'd probably go Bijan. That, that's intriguing, though, but I feel like the, the impact that those players bring isn't necessarily a three-down impact versus yes. if you ask me do I want to select Bijan in the top 10 or if I would take Tank Bigsby deal, Zach Evans on um, day two or day three, you might get me there, because I'm uh-huh. like those guys, <laughs> you, you're getting the same, a uh, similar, I don't want to say the same, because definitely not the same in, the, in, the, in terms of talent, especially Zach Evans, man. Zach Evans is a guy that intrigues me, because uh, another one of them guys who I love this 2021 season, and I feel like his 2022 season would have been as great, but they were blessed to find Quinn John Juggins, and <laughs> that spared him some reps off his career. So I feel uh, like some NFL team is gonna get a guy, at least one season of a guy that should have been used in Ole Miss.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a weird, weird situation I went into. But I don't. Lane does some weird things, man. You know, both of
0: them were really good. Quinshawn, I feel like he, when his class comes up, he's gonna be one of them guys that are at or near the top of his class. He's yeah, really talented. He's he's very their, good. Their run styles are very similar. It's just Quinchon is a little younger, so you got the younger legs. Moves a little faster versus Zach. He's a bit more patient, still a little more of a thumper, but.
1: His, um, it's, he's got a funny career path in college. You know, you don't really see that first five-star to ever commit to TCU in program history. Then it doesn't work out after a good first year there. He ends up transferring, and um, they weren't sure how they were going to fill that hole, but Kendra Miller did a pretty good job, <laughs> I don't oh believe. man, he's he's a he, he's a, he's a fun player, man. He is his um he's another guy where he's a sneaky 220 pounds, man. And, and you see that you see that listed weight, and then you're like, well, he moves better than that on the field, you know. And he he does a really good job of um, breaking first contact, whether it's going through an arm tackle or he's got this real subtle spin move that he does sometimes, and he he's really good at. Getting away from contact there. It doesn't have the breakaway speed, you know, but
0: still well, a really see, good that, that's one of the things though. He was one of them, he's one of them guys where when you watch him, you don't expect to have he like he doesn't run with the breakaway speed. But if he mm-hmm. gets in front of you, you're gonna have a tough time catching him. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen many people walk him down. Like he I do agree, his his long speed is a concern, but it definitely isn't something that's gonna stop. Like he's just so consistent, man. And there, it's players like that are wide the running back position is viewed the way it is now. Because you just sounds just screams like one of them six round Kyle Shanahan picks that he just comes in the middle of a game in week eight and you're like, well, who's this guy with 125 yards? <laughs> it's like that that just screams Kendra. I really wish we had the chance to see him in that championship game. I really wish we I know he didn't get hurt versus Michigan. I mean, granted, they still put pulled the game away. Shout out to Max Duggan, but oh man, what he brought to that offense was like again, similar to what I said about Zach Charbonnet. He he was the engine to the offense. If I feel like, like you said, y'all have to contact with something that he excelled at. It feels like I Trying to remember, Kansas State, not the not the second Kansas State game, the first Kansas State game, just absolutely was a terror to bring down for them, man. Just a terror, and I just I wish I liked him more, man. That's it. it kind mm-hmm. of great. like you said, the running back class is so deep. It kind of sucks because when I talk about him, I, like I enjoy watching him, I enjoy talking about him, but then I start putting him up against some of the other guys mm-hmm. in this class, and it's like. Oh man, I'm sorry. Like another guy I felt like about <laughs> was Kenny McIntosh for a while, man. And for mm-hmm. after a while I had to I had to look at myself like look, man, he this this is he probably could I I again another one of them guys I have concerns with do the tackles on a, a consistent basis. He's proven he can do it. Do I want him to be my first, second, third down back, and we're gonna pound the ball with you? Like Arthur Smith or someone of that nature. I don't. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But what you what you bring to the table in terms of pass catching abilities, pass protection, like well beyond your years as a running back, uh, a college running back, as you said earlier.
1: Yeah, and you you asked me on Twitter uh, pretty recently if I thought he was a better pass blocker than um, James Cook was, and I can tell you with certainty that yes, yes, he is. <laughs> he's really he's mature in that area, man. He's willing blocker too. He he wants to do his job there and not everyone wants to do that. But he's gonna be one of those guys that's you know, round four. He might go back in round three. I think he's gonna be there round four and he's there and you don't want him as a three down back, you're right. But he's got the skill set to fill that role. He can come in, he can give you snaps there. You know, you don't have to worry about him because he's he's a he's a good runner, he's a good catcher, he's a good pass protector. He's one of those guys you can just get on the roster and add to the rotation and you don't gotta worry about him, man. He's gonna go out there, he's gonna do his job. He's it, it might not be flashy, but it's gonna be steady. But I will say that four six, that four six he ran, I think that's a fake time, man. His his ten yard split was good. That four six, you wanted more from that, especially, you know, con, kind of watching him in college. You thought that speed would be more of a weapon than not, and that kind of gives you calls for calls. But
0: I I I, I go ahead. That's been the case for a lot of the guys in this class. Like, I mentioned Tajay Spears earlier. Like, when you watch him play, that 4-5 does not – he doesn't play 4-5 fast. He's no. Much faster than that. Much faster. Same when you watch Devon A-Chain. We were expecting him to be, like, absurdly Olympic-level fast. And, mm-hmm. again, when you watch him – I mean, my thing about Devon A-Chain is I feel like he's track fast. I don't think he's football fast. I mean, if you get a football voice with him, good luck catching him because you're not – but I don't feel like his ass process what his feet do, if you get what I'm saying.
1: No, that does make sense. And I've watched a lot of a lot of Devon A chain because he's I mean, to be quite frank, he's one of my favorite players in the draft class. You know, I love his game, but you're you're right in that he's more track fast and football fast. He's still fast fast though, you know. He can still run. But I mean his the numbers he was putting up in track are insane for a football player to have. He ran a 10.1400 meter dash. He's timed doing that. And that's just, that's just one of the fastest people in the world running that man, you know, like that's crazy speed. And um, he's, I'm curious. I want to get into this a little bit, if you don't mind, because I'm curious what your thoughts are him as a, as a football player.
0: Um, Devon. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: (sighs) <sighs> like, how man, do you think that a five, a 188-pound running back with a, you know, with a – I don't want to say niche skill set because he, I think that he's he, – he does a lot of good football things. But I'm curious how – what you think his range is and how you would prefer to use him.
0: Oh, man, see, it's one of them strange things, man. Like, I feel like he was at his best, like, in his 2021 year when he was able to still – Guy like uh, Isaiah Spiller, almost called him mm-hmm. CJ Spiller. But when he was able to spell <laughs> Isaiah Spiller and basically like a change of pace kind of guy, like what he offers in terms of change of pace ability, he can be electrifying. Now, I've seen him in a role that's the workhorse, the guy. And I, I came away kind of unimpressed, for lack of a better term. And uh, like you say, he does a really lot of good football things but i feel like he leaves so much meat on the bone as a runner i feel like he tries to out athlete everybody i think it was a game i remember who the opponent was i think it might have been mississippi state but it was a game from 2021 where he was he took a bulk of the carries that game and you could see him like if a good running back takes the cutback the cutback lane was there kind of like has what i said when i was watching we, when we were talking about b john earlier where i said he sees the things before they happen like great vision great vision a good running back sees that hole but it felt like he he felt like the defender he tried to break angle how i view it as a, 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 a what i term it as an angle breaker he tried mm-hmm. to think he was fast enough to break that angle and i mean especially when you get to the next level it's you're not going to always – you might be fast, but you're not going to always – there are some guys who they are really good. At, you're not going to do that to Fred Warner or some of these other dominant linebackers across the league where they, they can track you down. That that speed probably won't mean anything for you versus if you just – like I said a second ago, you slow down. You don't always got to be faster than everybody yeah let, your, mm-hmm. let that be your superpower don't let it be your only power how i feel when i watch him and i feel like often he 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 understands that that's his best skill set and he tries to make the most out of it it's, yeah like, mm-hmm. leave so much meat on the bone for me
1: i'd agree with that overall i th- i think um his when isaiah spiller left and he took over the lead role i do think that he improved specifically. With not in the example you gave, but with his vision, I feel like his vision between the tackles improved this year by a significant margin, which kind of shows you, you know that he's he's a football player, not a track guy. If somebody calls him just a track guy, I don't I don't think they've really sat down and watched him. But I do believe that you're right. And I re- I love the way you put that, man. Let that be your superpower, not your only power. That's that's spot on, man. That's that
0: well said. So, before we get you out of here, man, I mean, I know this class is so deep. I feel like we could go on all day. Seriously. <laughs> Do you have a guy that you would coin, Uh, I guess, a sleeper or somebody that you feel like isn't talked about enough? I know if I had to list a guy on that list, it would probably be Chase Brown. Chase Brown is amazing. But you still got Israel, the guy from Pittsburgh. I didn't want to vouch his There's... last name, so I didn't try it. But Hold like, on. So a Bonaconda.
1: I Aboniconda. think. I think. I'm pretty sure that's it, but um, oh, <laughs> there are so many, man, and like, like there's a guy out of Tulsa, Deneric Prince, who I think is a really, I think he's a really good player. He's an A and M transfer. Get it didn't get on the field for them. Ended up at Tulsa somehow. He's a guy that had really good numbers at the combine. He had good explosive drills. He ran a four four one forty at what was his size listed as. He ran a 4-4-140 at six foot, 216 pounds, 1-5-3, 10-yard split. And what I saw on tape was a one cut and go runner who can break arm tackles. I think that he's a guy that's getting zero buzz at all, who I think can will go day three and has a chance to contribute to a team. Um, he Tulsa doesn't pass to their running backs, frankly, much at all. So he didn't get to display that. But I'm, i he came on my radar at the Shrine Bowl because the Falcons coaching staff coached the East team at the Shrine Bowl, and he was a guy I had my eye on. And He stood out in drills. He he looked really good as a pass catcher there. So I think there's, um, there's more than meets the eye when it comes to a player like him. So I think that's a deep sleeper not many people are talking about. Another guy I could give you that's gotten plenty of buzz, but I like his game a lot, is Roshan Johnson. You know, I think – I think the other guy, other guy. Exactly. <laughs> I think that he's, you know, he didn't test as well as I had hoped because I'm such a fan of his game. And you kind of root for these guys when you become a fan of them, you know, you want them to do well, the numbers weren't there, but that's all right. Because on tape, he looks good as a big bruising running back. He, um, you talk about churning legs, he'll, ch- <laughs> he'll churn those legs all day long, you know, and I, I wish we got to see what, he, how he could have done in more of a feature role. But I mean, being Bijan's backup, that's no slight. I think that every single running back in the country would have been Bijan's backup. And the fact
0: that he even getting views in terms of probably being a running back off the board in this class goes to show you how talented he is. Yes. (laughs) I mean, nobody watched anyone but Bijan.
1: Exactly. Yeah. But he's a fun guy. He was a, I think he was a three or four star quarterback when he committed to them initially. It was always, he was always going to play running back there. But um, he's one of those guys from Texas that has um insane insane high school stats I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I remember when I was going over and my mind was blown by how many touchdowns that man scored. but to, to tie bow on him, he um his value doesn't end with being a running back because he has over 400 special t- special team snaps to his name Gunner, protector, returner I mean Roshan Johnson's going to be a guy that finds a way to contribute to the team that drafts him, regardless of where he goes.
0: Definitely, man. Definitely. Like I said, man, I wish we could go on all day, but I won't take up too much of your time. I appreciate this, man. Hopefully we can do this again really soon. Yeah, man. Hey, I had a blast.
1: Thanks for having me on,
0: man. You know, talking running backs.
1: I mean, yeah, we could we could go on for another hour and still barely have everything covered. But hey, I appreciate you having me on, man. We've been trying to do this for a long time and we gotta do it again soon.
0: Definitely, brother. Definitely, man. And so the people know just in case they exceed on Twitter. Happy belated birthday, brother. <laughs> hey, I
1: appreciate you, my guy. <laughs>
0: no problem, man. All right, until next time, folks. This was Boom for Bus.